We time travel to January 15, 1997, where a group of 11-8 East Coast Crip Gang members, led by Wilbert Pugh, also known as Lil Evil, plotted an ambush on a bus full of bloods passing through their turf. Little did they know that Corey Williams, a 17-year-old star student at Centennial High School in Compton, would become a victim of this never-ending cycle of violence in South Central Los Angeles. Welcome to No Tears for Black Girls. John Reedberg, award-winning author, is the writer and producer. I'm Samantha Paul, your host. Let's examine the facts of the case. Robert Johnson, AKA Lil Bob, or Baby Kiko, was present at the meeting. He was only 16. Another attendee was Nicholas Briggs, but he didn't partake in the attack. Three or four other Crips also attended. On January 16, 1997, the group gathered again. Pugh guided them to the corner of Imperial Highway and Avalon Boulevard, where they lurked for the bus. As 3.30 p.m. approached, a young woman named Corey Williams boarded the vehicle, along with her friend, Tammy Freeman. Tyrone Lewis wore a red Tommy Hilfiger shirt as he took a seat behind the girls. The bus arrived at the desolate corner, resembling a scene from hell. Pugh and Johnson were at the lead of a mob of L.A. Crips, spilling into the streets with malevolent intent. As Pee-wee and another Crip boarded the bus, Lewis peered outside with terror in his eyes. Before he could move, one of the Crips shouted, Slob on the bus! Believing Lewis to be a member of a rival gang, the Bounty Hunter Bloods. The mob erupted into a frenzy of hatred as Pugh and Johnson marched to the rear of the bus. With one final chilling roar of violence, Pugh yelled, Shoot this motherfucker up! and Johnson opened fire into the back of the bus as the group of Crips howled in approval. Chaos and despair consumed the moment. The Crips stormed on board, causing a panicked frenzy as people scrambled in terror to take refuge under the seats. Lewis shouted to the bus driver, urging him to keep going as his shirt dripped with Corey's blood. She lay there, her airway severed and life fading away. The woman beside her tried to stem the flow of the crimson liquid. However, the opportunity had already passed. By the time she arrived at King Drew Medical Center, it was too late. Corey had already been declared dead. Freeman was fortunate to only suffer a flesh wound, while Warren Hardy escaped to Milwaukee. The information revealed by Hardy allowed authorities to apprehend Pugh and Johnson Briggs and Randall Amato. The three remaining members of the 11-8 Coast Crips were released by authorities due to lack of evidence. They took Johnson and Pugh into custody, bringing the disastrous episode to an end. The authorities released Briggs, but for Amato, Pugh, and Johnson, justice had yet to be served. Charged with murder, the trio went on trial before two separate juries. Witnesses lined up, implicating Johnson as the shooter. With suspicion now on Pugh and Amato, they accused the two of conspiring together to commit the crime. John Grissom, a high school classmate of Amato's, and Natasha Barnum, Pugh's girlfriend at the time of the shooting, testified to seeing Amato with a group of people at an intersection. Warren Hardy, living less than a block away, was the key witness against Amato. Setting the scene for justice, who would find Amato guilty? The witness took the stand, his voice trembling as he recounted that fateful day. He claimed to have seen a pudgy boy with long hair tied back in a ponytail, lugging a firearm while ambling towards Avalon Boulevard along with a band of teens, just moments before the gunfire erupted. His description matched that of the suspects. The witness confirmed hearing the shots and seeing the same group fleeing the scene. 
On the subsequent night, the man reported hearing lively chatter and laughter coming from behind the building. Upon arrival, the authorities found two men. But during the trial, when asked to identify the shooter, Hardy drew a blank. The key details had slipped his mind, and he could not recall whether Amado was even present at the scene of the crime. Justice may be blind, but memory is fallible. The courtroom was hushed when Hardy entered, ready to testify about the 11-8 Coast Crips gang members. As the LAPD detective read Hardy's statement, the jury heard he had identified Amato and Briggs as the culprits of the crime. But when Grissom, Barner, and other witnesses took the stand, none could place Amato near the bus or carrying a weapon. Even more interesting, no one ever claimed Amato even belonged to the notorious gang. The defense argued that Johnson had a troubled upbringing and had been in trouble with the law since he was a young child. His father was a ruthless murderer, his mother in jail. It seemed this gang life was tall, he knew. Will it be enough to escape justice? At age 12, Corey was drawn to street gangs and initiated into the 11-8 Coast Crips. But those who knew her best spoke fondly of her love for oldies music and horror movies. As she approached the pinnacle of her high school journey, graduation. A form ordering her cap and gown was found in her back pocket after her sudden death. Loretta, Corey's mother, felt fear each time her daughter left the house. She believed that riding the bus was a safer option than walking the streets. Bill Cosby expressed his deep sympathy to Corey's mother following the death of her daughter. This struck a chord with the comedian, as on the same day Corey was slain, Bill's son, Ennis, also fell victim to Mikhail Markasev in an attempted robbery while attempting to fix a tire at the side of a Los Angeles highway. Witnesses who were on the bus during the fatal shooting testified against Randall Amato, Wilbert Pugh, and Robert Johnson in court. And when justice weighed in its verdict, they sentenced all three men to life in prison. The judge's gavel hit the bench and chaos ensued. Pugh jumped from his seat to flee the courtroom only to be barred by the arm of a witness. The defense attorney soon realized that Hardy was a Piru gang member on probation at the time of his testimony, providing grounds for suspicion for his credibility and motive. Amato's lawyer shouted accusations of suppressed evidence against the prosecutor, believing it could have changed the outcome of the trial, only to be ignored. Yet after 15 years of appeals and legal battles, the court overturned Amato's conviction. Loretta would honor her daughter Corey with a scholarship fund as a vow of never forgetting. Love us? Leave us a positive review or rating. Follow No Tears for Black Girls on social media and No Tears for BG on Twitter. Be blessed. Be loved. Stay safe.